Our guest today is Ganesh Gandhiaswaran, the CEO and founder of Conversite. Conversite offers a conversational intelligence platform that uses natural language processing and machine learning to converse the distance between humans and data. Conversite's AI business assistant, Athena, connects distributed databases, ERPs and CRMs, delivering on-demand insights to direct your next move through three key functions. Information on demand, proactive insights and dashboards, and recommended actions. In this episode, we talk about Conversite's journey to bring visibility to enterprise data and offer an AI-powered analytics assistant to every employee in the organization. We also talk about why healthy arguments between co-founders are important to the company's success and why starting a company reminds Ganesh of jumping into a well. Ganesh, let's start with the problem definition. What challenges did you see organizations experience when managing supply chains that led you to start Conversite? Yeah, I think it's uh, overall, in today's context, all the time supply chain is complex. And if, uh, if someone has all their data, the visibility around supply chain, it'll be better. But even more important is now, during post you know, during the pandemic and, uh, you know, post-pandemic now with all these um, global disruptions happening, going on, everyone out there looking for higher visibility. When I say higher visibility in supply chain, it's all about do we have the stock? Do we have them the right place? And if we don't have, how long it will take to get it? And what mode I should ship it? And uh, if it is coming you know, what data I can give it to my partners and my customers that when it's going to show up, right? So visibility around uh, everything is very critical. It's so easy to say supply chain visibility, but it's very difficult because your supplier data, your inventory stock across multiple locations and your sales demand and the forecast all these are in different systems. In smaller organizations, it's different spreadsheets, different ERP systems. In large organizations, multiple ERPs, CRMs, MRPs, multiple synonyms, multiple systems, right? So that's what, what we are seeing. How do we bring all that data together, make a meaning out of it, and alert them at the right time? That's kind of what we are seeing overall problem. As you mentioned, there, is, there are multiple systems that are supposed to manage supply chain and that have been developed to manage supply chain over the years. Why do you think those systems did not solve that visibility issue completely? Why it's still a problem? See, see be it um, supply chain or any other functionality, functions right within the company, sometimes when you look at one system just within that it'll give you some meaning right so if you go to say i'm using shopify for all the e-commerce orders so within the system shopify what you can get that who ordered how frequently they are ordering what are they ordering all that that system is not going to say that how much orders are going to come or that system is not going to say 
do you have like how much time your vendor is taking to fulfill and that system is now going to say that the price increases you know what you are realizing so for a retailer for example so depends on the function these individual applications be it erp systems crm systems e-commerce portals whether your own or outsourced systems will tell you just what happened within that boundary of that system and you can you can have reports dashboards all that within that data it's not going to it's good to see what happened within that system but the moment you want to make a meaning out of it where you need a larger context that's when you need data so for example we are working with a retailer the retailer sales team and uh, so e-commerce retailer very large retailer they do have wholesales so when the customer is calling within the sales and e-commerce data they can look at okay how frequently they are ordering what all they ordered all that what they don't know is they missed their last order they delivered wrong product or they delivered 5 days late the customer is probably not happy that information is not there and until the customer tell you over the phone maybe your call center or sales analytics will capture that but not before but now if you look at your supply chain the sales data along with your supply chain data together may not be integrated even right next to it then you that suddenly it's open up the the moment customer call okay they have ordered all these but by the way we have missed the last order by 4 days and proactively tell them that hey you know i know we missed your order i'm going to acknowledge that i'm going to give you a 20% off on this new order what do you like to order so if you start a conversation like that it's going to go way different than you know getting a unhappy customer and go with unhappy customer so the data is siloed among different systems and it's really hard to observe it in full scope to come to the proper decisions okay let's talk about how conversite addresses this and what kind of abilities you bring to the table so just to brief uh, also use this time to let, give a little bit uh, of the background on who we are who i am and who is the company what's the company doing so um, i spent my first 18 years or so in the data analytics space larger data analytics space worked with a um, number of automotive logistics companies manufacturing companies to to bring data from multiple systems and um, generate insights and do lot of these forecasting so used lot of third party systems so that was my background i played from hands on to managed multi million dollar portfolios what i have seen most of the places is that a lot of money is spent in capturing the data but still 80% of the people they don't get that insights at the right time and when they need so that's kind of when we started this company called conversite conversite is called conversational insights can, like how you and me are having this conversation can i have 
a conversation with my data. Can I ask a question to get the data? Can I do a search like a Google, get the data? More casual and not waiting for a data analyst or a developer to create everything for me. So what Conversite is solving or what as a co-founder and CEO, I want Conversite to solve is Conversite's Athena, an AI companion or AI assistant, should be a knowledgeable employee. Name it data analyst or a business analyst or a data scientist in any company to provide insights proactively, on demand, answering questions in a context. Like you are a supply chain leader. This is what happening in your business. Do you have any questions for me? So be a personal assistant, data assistant to everyone in the company. That's kind of where we are. We are doing that for more than 150 customers today. So let's dive deeper into the conversational abilities of Athena and Conversite. And what are the main use cases that customers would use? What kind of requests they would make to Athena? So there are two types of users. One side, they are more casual users. So think about, we are working with um, a large um, manufacturing company, tire manufacturing company, and um, or also a retailer type. So all their salespeople need every day in their fingertips that how much stock they have for each of that model and, uh, and varieties. And if it is not available, how quickly they can get it. So one use case is the supply chain data being available for all the salespeople and their customers potentially. What I would call this as an insights exchange. So, okay, you can you can do the insights exchange with an Excel, right? Or I can send an Excel every day morning to all my salespeople, but that Excel is like 20 you know, gigabytes of data and they need to click, 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 filter for my region, my zone, my product. Rather than that, Ask, take the phone, ask a question to Athena. Hey, Athena, how much stock we have for this product in this region? Ask a question. And then Athena says, oh, you have only five quantities. Oh, when is this getting fulfilled? Ask a follow-up question. So that is number one use case. Empowering users with the data they need. That's number one. I'm, you call Athena as a data analyst providing this information. The second use case is more knowledge. Like for example, you have a supply chain planner, a procurement or sourcing manager type of people. They need to take a decision on how much I need to keep in my warehouse, how much I need to reorder, how much you know, goods I need to order. Now it's a holiday season. Now say next three months, if I'm going to sell 2,000 quantities, where am I going to sell those or fulfill those? In New Jersey or New York or in, you know, you know Midwest or in, you know, LA, in, in West Coast? Where am I going to keep those 2,000 quantities? 
second okay i have i'm going to sell 2000 but i i only have 500 i need 1500 more which vendor can deliver that for me if there are multiple vendors how quickly they can deliver the lead time and when should i order because i can't order today for 1500 quantities and everything 1500 shows up tomorrow or like one week later i don't have space in my warehouse so supply chain planning people right planners supply chain analysts the warehouse manager sourcing people all they need forecast supply forecast or demand forecast and they need recommendation on how much to make how much to buy so one hand we are empowering everyone out there casually information information inside exchange other is athena as a planner doing the forecasting and alerting you hey, it's time to order right so you're going to be out of stock in 4 weeks it's time to order now so here is your draft purchase order so give them that recommendation those are the two areas supply chain optimization and information sharing i see how conversational interface should be very intuitive and simple for the everyday users or those casual users of the product who just need to get some data quickly they don't want to go through spreadsheets filter through them and it would be much easier for them to just use their natural language like they would have done if they had a great assistant who could help them there uh, when we talk about the planners it looks like they need much more of a deeper picture of what's going on to either approve athena suggestions or to change them so they need a much more robust and rich interface than just the back and forth over conversation that's at least how i understand it is it the case and how do you build that visual interface are there any interesting innovations any interesting thing about how do you present the data to them to make it easier for them and faster for them to come to the right decisions yeah i see you are spot on for the difference between you know what they need you know the casual users customers vendors they need information just information and in a different format and all that but when you go to this the supply chain leader supply chain team planners their job is not just in front of the system just ask questions right they need more than that so we have couple of things for them one when they come to the system the ai athena can act as their data scientist to do the forecasting so instead of they run a forecast assume if a company has 2000 products and 200 plus locations and customers they are selling if they need to run a forecasting model adjusting to the you know all these different seasonality and all those it's a huge task human task so athena can do that for them provide them that hey here is your anticipated forecast and then they can review it obviously athena is just a system ai but the business people know what they can make changes so they can let athena's model tweak some configure some and get aligned on the model okay now step one so athena's telling giving or helping them let's call it 
helping them to do the forecasting. Now, Athena helped them forecasting. Second, we have uh, recommendations from there based on bringing the, all the data together. You know, for a purchasing person to reorder in today's context, the reason I'm bringing today's context is it's called response planning, demand sensing response planning. So what does that mean is, it's a, you can't keep too much inventory. You can't just order, okay, I've been ordering 500 every month. I'll just go place 500. You can't do that anymore. Your demand is, there's a wallet demand. And there is also the lead time from the vendors are changing because of all these. So you need to, you need a dynamic system which will calibrate both demand as well as the supply side and provide you much more dynamic plan. So the plan itself, right? So how much to make, how much to buy? So Athena's, so forecast and the recommendation, both are available. Now for them, the conversational is the way to engage with Athena. And Athena can also alert them. Say for example, today is Wednesday and uh, I'm here and I did all my planning and I place purchase orders and all that. A week later, one of the purchase order where I placed expecting next week Friday and Tuesday, the system, like the vendor alert, put, oh, the delivery date is Wednesday. That means it's going to come only on Monday. There are 2000 purchase orders like that. So the supply person, how, like you can go in front of the system, and run some reports every day or give that monitoring job to Athena, get alerts. So the planners need forecast and recommendation. Also, a person to proactively monitor the unexpected issues. The unexpected issue could be delay. Unexpected issue could be excess in demand or change in demand. Unexpected issue could be price increases. So there are many things today. So that will proactively come. Athena is monitoring instead of them monitoring and proactively telling them, hey, you have a problem. And then do you want to airship it? So give an option for them. So that's kind of where this augmented or a conversational will, will play a role for them. So really trying to make Athena act like an assistant planner or a data yes. analyst would have acted if there was a real person. Correct. So I would never say that Athena is your supply chain planner. No, no system can do it because every company's supply chain is unique, different, calibrated in a different you know, level. Right? You can't um, just employ a system and do everything. No, that subject matter knowledge the company's legacy knowledge is with the people. Athena can be a good assistant for them. So they can make better decisions, faster decisions through this Athena. How many systems do you see companies plug Athena into to ex get data and instruct their decisions? So, see, as a company, we have, we have close to 130 different systems we have, we have connected or we call connectors, we have that. But if you take a company, one department, like you hire Athena in supply chain, 
it's somewhere around four, four systems. And you go to sales, again, four or five, or two are common from supply chain, two, three are new from the sales. So each department will have four, two to four, small companies, it may be two, big companies, maybe four, two to four compulsory, mandatory, like every day I need to look at kind of a data. And then maybe another four or five, which like, I can just like expenses or, you know, the shipment cost, freight cost that you don't need to look at it every day can be a monthly. So that two to four is what, what we are seeing. And those two to four are different by department. And when you scale Athena to the whole organization, there may be even more systems that need to be plugged, dozens of them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. See, one thing I, I, we, we, we carefully will say that is uh, you can use Athena for all the departments, but not the same Athena. You create another avatar of Athena. So Athena for sales, Athena for supply chain, Athena for finance. For somebody who wants to look at all the three, yes, you can have it, but you're not going to go to the deepest data. You're going to ask high-level data, right? So it depends on the, the interest. The scope can be limited. So in a company, if you ask me, we may connect to somewhere around. We start with four and then go like eight to 10. Kind of That's kind of what we are seeing. What kind of customers or companies is Athena uh, the best fit for? What is the target customer profile? We are very successful in two kinds. One, say there are uh, mid-market customers, mid-size, any, any domain for that matter. They, have, they are capturing data, especially with a lot of these um, online or SaaS applications. And they don't have analytics team, data warehouses, data all. So they can start perfect. They can start Athena. They can start hiring Athena as their first reporting or data analyst. Give access to all the data. And Athena will do the data integration. Athena will collect all the data, do the data integration, and um, keep it, store it and uh, distribute it based on, you know, questions you are asking, dashboards and all that, right? So that is kind of uh, how Athena is working from that small, mid-sized companies. Then on the other hand, where you go to large companies, you are looking at companies, they are very big and they have a lot of team members, but the consumers are even more bigger. So give you an example, a large company, they have like 600 salespeople, sales operations and all that. And then they have a 10 member data analyst team. And the 10 member need to serve all the 600 people. And each one need, hey, can you send me this report? Can you send me that report? Like a lot more ad hoc. That's perfect. Hire Athena as one of those data analysts. Now it's not 10 plus one is 11. 10 plus one is probably 20 or 30 or 40 because Athena is 24 by seven can feed up a lot of things. Athena can answer probably 70% of the questions what these data analysts are answering today. So that is kind of in a big company. 
you have tools you have a great team but dynamically increase their bandwidth and ability to answer lot more questions by leveraging this ai right so that's two i'll stop with one more the th- third la- important that's a you know the insights exchange i was talking about which is you are sharing data you are sending data you are sharing data to different customers different partners or within your own department now you want to you want to share it not just in an excel rather queue this assistant so that they can ask questions themselves right so that's a third use case what we are seeing that's ideal customer profile for us and the industry is not that important as long as they move physical products and have the supply chain yeah somewhat yeah we we, we have been focusing on lot of supply chain in the last couple of years but then now we are slowly moving towards even other industries we are seeing lot of sales finance use cases the moment you talk about you know recently in in a gartner's uh, augmented analytics report we were featured or we are in a crm enablement or sales empowerment solutions we are featured in one of the gartner report so we are uh, going beyond supply chain uh, in the last uh, year or so pretty much any organization that is mid-size or large size and that has an acute need to see what's going on with their data which is pretty much every organization out there yes can benefit from deploying athena or employing athena to uh, get that visibility and get those predictive insights yes exactly so what we are calling athena is it's an augmented analytics solution conversite is an augmented analytics what is that mean what is augmented mean that if a company so augmenting the analyst first augmenting the consumer next so augmenting the analyst means you have a business analyst you have a data analyst or you have a data scientist doing something to generate a report that work can be augmented by the ai that is one way so instead of if i want to create you know last 12 month sales by product by region and all those a colorful dashboard instead of that you just let athena hey athena give me a dashboard on my sales by product by region for last one months okay here is a dashboard okay the pivot table this is a chart this okay this is a four ways you can analyze okay great that is augmenting the analyst now okay i have given the data last 12 months sales by month by product now think about a sales leader the consumer of this dashboard they can come open the dashboard and see oh four of my products are not selling well or three of my customers gave me less so you are so a sales director for example is investing their time to opening the dashboard and analyzing what's happening there also we can augment the augmentation there is what are you looking at in the dashboard you are opening this dashboard and looking at are there customers who are not giving you enough orders athena can actually run 
say, simple linear regression on that data and tell you, oh, these three customers, the growth pattern is not good. They're not growing. These four products or these four raw materials are increasing, price increased significantly. Instead of the consumer, go to a dashboard and get that. Not everybody can do it every day. But Athena, the AI, can work 24 by 7, monitor the data on behalf of you and do it. So augmenting the analyst and augmenting the consumer. Both are possible through this AI. And how do you define the success of Conversite's implementation with your customers? We typically ask them that we need to deliver the value within the first uh, few weeks. So I, I would say they'll onboard Athena in weeks, not months. So the data is always available somewhere. It's maybe just an Excel or it may be there in your, um, in your data warehouse in a mature place or in a CRM system type. Right? So whatever data is available, give it to Athena. Let Athena deliver the insights for you. So the first benefit is that without you spending hours or without you waiting for hours, Athena will give you the data. So productivity and the efficiency, like information is available. So within that four to six weeks, we need to see if a particular report or information, somebody want daily, it is not easy to get daily. Take care, take more. Or a purchasing or a supply planner spending eight hours in a week to collect all this data and putting together how much to reorder. Take that exercise, automate that. So give Athena that power, let Athena do it. Now that you saved not all the eight hours, maybe six hours. Now think about the next task. What else, where else you are spending time or what else you want to monitor. Maybe you are only able to reorder every week, but you don't have time to analyze your pricing, the price increases with vendor, no problem. Now invest that six hours you saved. Ask a bunch of more questions to Athena, empower, or connect more data to Athena, connect. So it's almost like onboarding an employee. You onboard employee, first four weeks, don't expect productivity. You know, Athena's learning and all that. But week five, week six, you start offloading your work with Athena. So productivity improvement, number one. Efficiency, how quickly I can get it. Third is for some companies, they have no way to get it. There is no other choice. There is no other alternate, for example. It's not there in my Excel. Because, for example, like, okay, any system will sell you how many, okay, how much I sold for this product. Okay, you sold 200 quantities in four stores. Out of that, how many days the stock was not there, out of stock? If the stock would have been there, the sales may be 250. When you look at the CRM data, sales data, it's going to say 200 quantities you sold. Is 200 the right demand? No. The demand would have been 250 if you had your stock there. That means you need to connect the sales and inventory together. So that is not available today. So 
you gain the initial first four weeks something on productivity and all that, then increase the efficiency, increase a lot more integration, and then start letting Athena recommend what price or what. So that's kind of the benefits. Few hours saving to thousands of dollars saving. And recently, one of our customers saved $11 million inventory within six months. $11 million is really impressive. How did they do that? How did Athena help them? So as I mentioned, they were a, you know, a mid-sized organization. It's like, obviously, they don't have a huge army of people analyzing everything. So first thing we did was um, forecasting, looking at that. We identified that see, when, you, when you go to the sales team, they will, they'll always want to sell everything possible and whatever the customer wants. What we did was, based on the forecast, how much stock you need, how much excess stock you have. It is not having excess stock is not a problem of a supply chain team. It's a problem of a forecasting or outlook what they have received, be it from sales team or somebody, right? That's why they bought it. Bring that back to the sales team. So what we are, what we are doing is we got the forecast. We have the stock. We are identifying how much excess you have on these products. Share that with sales team. Share that with marketing team. When someone is trying to order, oh, I want this product, model XYZ. They say, oh, model XYZ, we don't have stock. However, XYZ V2, the version 2, we have 30 quantities. Do you want to take it? Or V2 is what they want. V1 is still there in the market. Why don't you promote that with 20% discount? So when you give the visibility of the stock, what you have, to your marketing and salespeople, they can start selling, they can start promoting the items which are already available, not the items which are stocked out, which are on high demand. That's in any organization you see, that's a good 30% of the products are keep moving. There's a good chunk of products not moving. So bring that efficiency out. Make it visible to everybody in the organization, be it from CFO to supply chain team to sales to marketing. Then every organization has that uh, enlightenment or empowerment to take the right decision. That's kind of how we are solving. The moment you bring the visibility, I'll tell you, people will act. That's what I was going for. Visibility, just shedding the light on the information that wasn't accessible. Yeah, yeah. Good, bad, ugly. Just show it. (laughs) Exactly. And then you'll be surprised how it will affect people's actions and how they will adjust their actions in light of that information. And that will improve organization efficiency. Absolutely. Okay, let's talk about AI systems powering Athena capabilities. What are the systems that you use and how do you apply them? So our fundamental as a company is a conversational AI company. Natural language understanding is one of the key things for us. So somebody is coming and asking a question, they will use different terminologies. Like somebody will say product, somebody will say SKU, somebody will say item, material, part, different terminologies they will use. So we need 
a dictionary of all the different terms people may use. That is one. The second is not just how they are calling, the context in which they are calling, asking this question. Like you are a supply, like for example, if, if, if somebody come and ask me, Ganesh, what was your sales last week? And as a CEO, I'll say in dollar terms. If you ask the same question, hey, what was your sales? Like assume it's a department head for a, you know, a particular, uh, say, phone. What was your sales for last week? Say, oh, 320 quantities. <laughs> That's a nature, right? Same question, the answer is different. Because the context is different. Because the person who is asking or who is answering are, is different. So you need a contextual understanding system. One. The second is that that cannot be static. What I mean is it needs to evolve every day. It needs to learn and evolve every day. So what we call adaptive learning. So we have, we have the natural language understanding system. To support that, we have a knowledge graph that knowledge graph is getting enriched every day by adaptive learning where we have a patent for that. Okay, now I understood it. What do I do? Okay, ability to convert that understanding into a technical interface, be it a database query or an API call. So we need to read, get the data. So we, need, we have data integration, data query capabilities. And then we have, um, okay, now we got the data back. What do I do? So we need to put that data in a dashboard, Twitter-like feed, or a control tower, or keep it ready for Athena to answer questions. It will be very simple. If somebody come and ask, oh, give me my you know, last 12 months revenue by customer and product and all that. If Athena say, wow, that's a complex question, wait for five minutes. You can't say that. You need to show it immediately, like a conversation. Oh, I got it. Just a minute. Here it is. In a pivot table, for example. So visualization and a performance, high performance. It's highly critical. So we have a very good visualization engine and a high performance data processing engine. That those are all different techniques. Now that, okay, that all about what happens. If I need to tell them what is going to happen, I need to employ machine learning, data science for forecasting, market basket analysis, segmentation, a lot of statistical algorithm we need to run. So that's the data science platform. And finally, there's a recommendation engine. Recommendation engine is like, Hey, you have, you need to, you're going to run out of stock and you need to order these four items and 10 quantities each. Okay, so what are you going to do? I got the recommendation. Yep, I agree. Send it to the ERP system. Actions. So the ability to connect the data, data connectors, the ability to understand the question, that is a knowledge graph, that is a you know, processing, ability to present the data, three, four, ability to predict, that's a data science, 
and ability to perform action. That's integration interface with third-party systems. So those are the five components. Underneath, you need a highly scalable computing. Obviously, I can't run a huge server 24 by 7. You need to be scaling up, down Kubernetes and ability to deploy, ability to bring new features at the speed in like a startup, right? So all that is the foundation, the DevOps. All the five stages of any decision-making cycle, I would say. Yes. Analyze the data and then all the way to act on it. Correct. Okay. And were there any important recent innovations in AI that benefited you significantly? Then you would look back and say Converse wouldn't be able to do what we do today or Athena wouldn't be able to do that if not those innovations? See, the natural language understanding was always there in all the university papers. The challenge for not able to adapt those systems is because, because of uh, the power, computing power. So in the last couple of years, see, especially you, you would see these conversational AI systems like 2016, kind of late onwards, because there's a concept called deep learning introduced and a lot of big players invested and uh, some open source state. There are a lot of papers and on it, right? So those research is really helping. So what we call uh, to understand a human language, there are multiple techniques. There is something called the probabilistic determination like that, right? So there are different techniques. So that's one thing we are definitely learning a lot on understanding the, the natural question. So that's an area where we are contributing as well as uh, understanding from the market consistently. And what do you think, what would be your next areas of improvements in AI abilities, something on your roadmap <laughs> that you're working on? So one thing I will always say, I think I was telling three years back and this year and maybe 10 years later also, improve the level of understanding. Because as humans, we are all evolving. And today, if somebody coming and asking a question, two months later, they are not going to ask the same question. They're going to, they're expecting more than that. Right? Say, hey, give me my gross margin by product. The next two months later, say, oh, give me, give me the products which are not doing good on margin. <laughs> so then two months later, they'll come and ask, oh, give me my top 10 products which are selling more, but giving me low profitability. You know where it could go to complex levels. So one to do for us as a company, improve understanding. Improve the natural language understanding. Right? That's an area consistently we are investing. One. Second, we want Athena to be the storyteller. That kind of, that's where the augmented consumer world is going. We don't want consumers, like the users, wait for insights or come and dig a system for insights. Rather, whether they are starting the day, a Twitter starts. 
like Athena's. A, like a news. This is what's happening in your business. And then you can intersect and then ask a question. I'll answer. So we are going, we are making Athena more a storyteller. So your assistant become a storyteller and an advisor. And Athena become an advisor for you. That's kind of where we are going. This is a very exciting direction. And we'll need quite a bit of work to get there. Yes. <laughs> over the years. But when it's there, it will be like magic for every business executive at every level. Absolutely. Okay. Let's talk about the origins of Conversite a little bit. You built the company with your co-founder, Gopinath. I am curious, how did you meet and how the whole thing, how your partnership started? So we have a perfect mix between, you know, myself and uh, Gopinath, our CTO. So Gopi, I call him Gopi. Gopi has uh, more than 20 years of experience in building platforms, technologies. He's like, he could do, like, he, he's talking, we always talk about something which, like, become mainstream in, like, five years, ten years. It's a visionary on a, from a technology side. I am more from the business side. That Obviously, what's in it for me if I use this technology? So what will be the CFO's problem? What will be the supply chain leader's problem, sales leader's problem? So see if, if there is a way we can bring an AI technology for this. So that was my thing. So when I was managing the portfolio of customers and a um, lot of that, one thing was disturbing me was that we go build a data analytics system. It, it, it was my prior life, thinking that everybody will use in the company. So, you know, there was one time, you know, we were delivering some 600 to 700 salespeople were supposed to use it. Then four or five months later, I was checking like, like hardly few people are using it. Handful of people are using it. So that kind of, you know, sometimes frustrate. Right? Obviously, I was in a system integrator role. So system integrator got their money. You know, we got the money, what, what we were working for. But what was the outcome? So every company is, you know, investing that money to capture the data, analyze the data, and help them to grow. If they are not using it, they are not adapting, there's no outcome. So my own philosophy of own the outcome, owning the outcome is very, very critical for me. So I was kind of disturbed that hey, we need to do something. So um, Indianapolis, I'm where I'm based. So I met Gopi in one of the technology you know, conference, and he was showcasing something for a manufacturing company with like um, Google Glass, the remote diagnostic kind of what a mind-blowing demo he was showing. And then we both started talking. And then there was a time when he was going to move where I knew that, you know, one of my friend, common friend told me that hey, Gopi is going to move to another city. Oh, is it? Okay. You know, Gopi is awesome, right? And then next day morning, I met him in Chamber of Commerce. Can you believe meeting a technology person in Chamber of Commerce? What was he doing there? Yeah. <laughs> you know, very interesting in that Chamber of Commerce, there is a place called Fish Tank, kind of a, a small, like a innovation room type. And instead of working in the office where 
all the emails come, a lot of people show away. He figured this nice little place is his uh, hood to innovate. That's why he was coming. I thought, wow, Gopi, what are you doing here? Like, what are you? So um, we started talking and so he, you know, so we one day it was an like 30, 30, 30 minutes meeting or something. He wanted to, you know, pick my brain on, you know, how to do what kind of thing because he knew I'm the business person. And we ended up talking for like four, four hours, like till night, nine o'clock on a Friday evening. And I was telling that, oh, you know, I wish I have a partner like you and who can solve this problem so that I can meet my outcome. And then he was talking to me about, Ganesh, do you know something called an Alexa or a Siri? You know, how they are answering questions. How, why not we bring an Alexa experience on your data so all your customers and users can just ask the question. That was a mind-blowing idea. So six months later, we started the company and uh, fast forward today and we are, uh, we, are, we are helping a lot of customers, right? more than 150 customers and uh, customers who cannot afford data analyst, customers who cannot afford to build a large data lake, data warehouses, or customers do not have time to build it. But that's also very critical in, in supply chain today, for example. You need those insights today, not one year later. So we are able to empower all those guys. We are able to make a lot of these people a hero. That's what my favorite thing is. Whomever we are working with, we, we need to make them a hero. That's what we are doing now. This is a very interesting guiding principle to make your users heroes at their organizations. Yeah. And this is a fascinating story of meeting your co-founder. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that meeting didn't happen, would Converside exist as a company? May not, may not. I was thinking about doing, you know, starting a business. That was my dream. Like I was just, I don't know, like I was kind of waiting for somebody. May not, Converside may not be at this stage, at this level, without each of us like coming together, like challenging the business and uh, bringing the best of the technology together. I think it's very important to have the right partner, the right mix of partners, very important. A little bit funny story, I'll tell you, that when I was seven, I'm from India. And um, so in, I'm in a remote village. There is no swimming pool to learn swimming. And uh, you go to a, a well, 80 foot deep depth, like 80 feet of water filled, right? Think about, imagine that. And people will jump on that and learn and come out. So cool, right? But it's so difficult. Like you, you need to have a courage to jump. What they do is they say, hey, don't worry. I know something. I'll hold your hand. Let's jump together. Now you get that boost. Oh, this I know this person is a very trusted person. He knew something. He'll take care of me. You jump, right? Actually, because it's like 20 feet, you go down before touch the water, because of this, the weight of these two people, the, by the time you go, you will lose the grip and you both of will drop at the different time because of the mass and all that, right? But what gave you the confidence to jump is that somebody holding the hand. That's what I would say. What, why I maybe I was not starting the company 
even though I had that vision for a number of years, is finding that partner whom you can trust, which is very critical. To make the leap in your example with swimming, it's a yes, literal yeah. leap forward. And that experience of jumping, <laughs> I mean, jumping is fine, but if you don't know how to swim, that can be real experience and real challenge for anyone who no there, there are safeguards it. right it's not like you know okay. you are tied to a rope or you have a you know life jacket and all that is there but i'm just giving you the example of that you know yeah yeah even um, with all of that yes making the jump making the leap yeah having someone by your side is fascinating yes and now working with your co-founder for so many years what would you say what did you learn about the dynamics of relationship between co-founders that you think every founder, co having a co-founder should keep in mind or should understand early in their journey? See, in any company, any two founders starting the company, it's not like you need to align on everything. If you align on everything, you end up going to the wrong direction easily. Okay, you don't need to align on everything on day one, day, start of the day. But end of the day, you need to align. What's more important is that you, we both may have different thoughts. We may have different area we want to focus or different market we want to hit or different tech way to architect the technology or different uh, kind of a people we want to hire, any of that. Fine, discuss argue i mean argue really argue come up with pros and cons and end end the day with something leisure something fun something cool end of the day it's not who wins in the conversation end of the day it's together and we both have the same goal same objective and we both are still holding the hand And I, and I used to tell this to our team when, when we were starting. I used to say that, guys, we are all in a boat in the deep ocean. You are all rowing the boat. We all need to row the boat in the right speed. And one person is taking rest. The other person needs to cover. And you need to go. There is a light remote tunnel. There is a light there. But we need to get there. The moment you get there, You don't need to row because there is a train waiting there. It'll take you. So that is, in a way, calling, you know, crawl, walk, run. I tell them that if each one of you are going in different direction, the problem. But you think the light is there, we are going this. If you have good eyes, guide us. Doesn't mean, doesn't matter whether you are a co-founder, whether you are a CEO, whether you are a programmer, doesn't matter. If you can see a fortune for a technology, a feature, or a model, bring it up. Because we all have one goal. To the short-term goal is go reach that light, that lighthouse. So if we have that, obviously we are telling that to team. Obviously our, as founders, we need to follow that. And we debate, debate a lot, argue a lot. But at the end of the day, we have a common concurrence and move towards the right direction. That, that's kind of how we manage. 
the arguments between two people working together, like co-founders, when they're intense arguments, the emotions can get intense as well. And sometimes, I mean, you need to learn to manage them. So I wonder what's your advice there or what's your recipe there? How to make sure that the arguments are healthy and emotions stay in check. And when sometimes emotions do not, I mean, we're all people, so emotions sometimes take over. How do you get it back so it's not a vicious cycle of uh, deteriorating a relationship? Yeah. So even though I'm calling those arguments and all those, it's not about, it's, it's not challenging the, the core values why we started the company or where we want to go. It's all mostly, we are all aligned on that. That's why we today exist as a partner, co-founders. So we believe the idea. We believe the, the potential. We believe how complex it's going to be. It's not like an um, easy walk, right? Anybody can get there. So we are aligned on 80%. There's a 20% where you argue. Because you believe in the score value, because you trust each other, and because it's a family, right? We always have arguments and um, difference of opinion in our family. Doesn't mean we are leaving <laughs> every day. So we are bonded together. We are on this. And one more thing, right? It's not just he and me. It's about all our employees. It's about all our investors. It's all about all our customers. There are a lot of things on stake here. So we both are arguing for good for us, the company, the investors, the employees, the customers, everybody. The moment you are aligned on that, all these arguments will be okay. I'll tell you, we never had to involve someone else apart from both of us to intervene and uh, bring it down. No, we, never, we, we are both mature and we can do that. Keeping the side on the big goal, the big picture of what you're trying to build definitely helps uh, in those moments. And I think also another aspect that you obviously have with your co-founder that is also extremely crucial is the mutual respect and that it's still there. And respect comes from two things, I think, from what you said, understanding that the person is aligned on the values with you, the person, the, your co-founder wants the same thing that you want. And the second one is the amount of effort that the co-founder puts is also there. So you're together working and giving it to the company in the say amount it's needed at the current stage of the company. So if you see that the effort is there, the values are there, there is a goal that you share and the end result is the same vision of the end result. And then you can survive any argument about those 20%. Correct. You are perfectly correct. Yes. Aligning on the core principles and then 
resolve one of one or two of these intermediate hurdles. Yeah, get it over. I wonder how becoming a CEO and co-founder of the company changed you personally. You were at different companies, you were doing great things, but now you made the leap and you've been doing it. You've been building the company for about five years. So what kind of changes in yourself did you observe? So, you know, when, when I was working in a company, it's just about me and my family and uh, about the work. There is always options. <laughs> but when, you are, when I started this as a CEO, it's like uh, you are the head of the household. You are responsible for many things. Second is cash flow, managing the cash flow, for example. Of course, today we have fundraise and all that. But early on, balancing the cash flow, managing, you can't have a finance manager on day one. So the CEO, somebody told me that chief of everything, <laughs> from office point everything, right? So having that skill. So one thing I learned is whatever skill I had, and to operate as a true CEO, what skill you need. So venture capital, for example, running, raising money, capital was a new thing for me. So I have to learn, study a lot, and it's all about networking and tirelessly following up and keeping them updated. So every month today, I update like 130 investors. But you know what? All we need is one investor in future. But even then, I invest time too with all those. So I think it's some time management and learning the skills on the areas which you are not a master, like I was not a master in fundraising. And the third important is knowing your responsibility. That's a big stuff. It's not, if you have an idea, oh, okay, I'm ready to start. No. Leaving a you know, highly paid job and family, kids and coming out starting, it's, it's a challenge. But are you up for it? Are you ready to give up? Ready to like stick to that and ready to give up all some of those leisure time and invest that back in here until you hire a good team? Like that's kind of what I learned, the response, being responsible, all that. But that's on the general side, right? Technology side, a lot, a lot. Right, no doubt. Right, every day we are we are watching, learning, listening. Different ideas comes um, from like analysts, customers, our own employees, role models. Like I, I, I'm not calling competitors. Right, they're all role models. Right, in different stages. Right, all the role models. So learning that continuous learning and adapting to that. That's kind of what we are. You mentioned that. For everyone who's thinking about starting a company and venturing on their own, they should be ready for these becoming the chief everything officer. And what would be your advice to the people thinking about starting a company? What would you say they should think through or how do they should approach it? So idea is important. But idea alone is not enough. 
So realize that first. And um, the reason I'm telling is the idea is good and is timing good. Right? That's very important. Third is I've seen different founders, you know, some are very open to add more co-founders like larger team and all that ready to share the wealth or ready to share the equity or some are like, I don't want to dilute. <laughs> right. So, so early on, we need to make a decision on what speed we want to grow the startup. If you want to grow like a true venture capital backed startup, that means you are on the growth wheel. You have to grow, 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 right? So every 18 months, you need to rise and grow, rise and grow. Right? That you cannot do it alone. You need a partner. You need great people on sales and all that. So don't be protective on your, you know, don't worry about dilution and all that, right? So just, just do it. It's a fun. It's an experience. It's an awesome thing. But it's a roller coaster ride. Not everybody enjoy the roller coaster, right? <laughs> Sometimes it's scary, right? Be ready for it. Number one advice on the work side. Second, if you have a family, it's at most critical to keep the balance between the two and you are not mixing or taking your pressure, work pressure at home. That I have seen some people, both things at the same time. That's not good. So keep a good harmony, good things at home and don't take your cash flow pressure or any of that to that side. That's again an important. As I mentioned, it's not, if the moment you have an idea, it's not like you can ready to jump. Are you ready to take the responsibility? Are you ready to sacrifice your time? Are you ready to balance? Is your family or your partner understand what you are getting into? the pros and cons and risks and uh, opportunities. Explain to them, spend time, convince them that why this is right for you, for them, for everybody, both personally, socially, all that. I think once you have that concurrent, just jump on. Never give up after that, just go. This is a very important point about making sure your partner is aligned with you on that one. and supports you on the journey because if it's not the case and the expectations are different they are then when times get tough and they will eventually that that may lead to a broken relationship or a failed company one way or other that will impact your company's performance as well yeah at least at the very least it will impact your company performance significantly and it will be a vicious cycle with both sides impact each other in adverse ways. For the last question, let's talk about what do you want Converside to be in 10 years from now? So Converside's Athena, Athena should be an intelligent employee in every company possible, right? The ability to get the data, connect the data, provide the data, tell the story, Suggest them an or you know thing. That's what this AI is. It's not you know. And one side I'm hearing about all the robots, you know, who's going to come and will make coffee and all that. That's all good, awesome. But on on the other side, business also 
you need a robot assistant. Robot doesn't mean need to have all the hands and legs and all those can be an artificial. So, so we want Athena to be the a trusted advisor for many business leaders. That's kind of where we want to go. That means Athena need to learn more. <laughs> Athena need to graduate. Athena need to be flexible. Athena need to continuously learn, adapt to different people, different languages, not just English, different languages and different industries, you know, different domain experience, supply chain, finance and procurement, HR. Like So making Athena become the trusted advisor. That's our goal in the next uh, you know, few years. And for that, we can't do it alone. <laughs> we need support. We need investors. We need a great team. Right? In the last um, two months or a month, we almost hired like almost like eight people in our sales team, right? So we are growing and we are going to continuously hire. And then we are keep on adding new customers. That means we need good customer success team. We need, we are going off to new industry. That means we need good solution analyst. So customer success role is open. Solution analyst role is open. And we are expanding our sales team. So there are a lot of account executive kind of roles are open. So there are multiple roles. And uh, I want a lot of people who are listening in, if you believe in having an, an employee like Athena, come, you know, visit our website, conversite.ai, ask for a demo. If you're looking for a new journey, if you think you can contribute to Athena's success, as I said, everyone in our company is empowered to suggest. If you have an idea, if you think Athena can serve somebody great, we want you. Come with your idea hat. We'll give you the right role and let's grow together. Right? So that's kind of where we want to go and what kind of help uh, we want. As you initially mentioned, the website has a lot of details, conversate.ai and um, contact me, Ganesh. My name is Ganesh G. Again, the first letter, same, Ganesh G at conversite.ai. So contact me or LinkedIn, great place to collaborate. If you have questions, if you have, if you need support, you are already thinking about a startup, you want to validate, no problem, let's do it. And I will also add all those links that you mentioned uh, to the show notes. So it's going to be easier for listeners to find you all. Thank you. Ganesh, thank you for joining me today. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks a lot. Thank you for having me. This is a great opportunity to learn and share. I always, uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, listening to these podcasts and it's great to share and great to learn.